Good afternoon and welcome everybody. It's uh, Dorothy Polarski from Toronto, Canada, um, welcoming you to Midday Moms. I'd like to welcome each and every one of you as you sign on. Uh, last week we tried on something a little bit different. We didn't have the chat on because the speaker gave more of a reflection. We do have the, the chat back on today, so please do say hello. Tell us where you're from. Um, tell us how many kids you have. Tell us if you love gossip. <laughs> That's a terrible thing for me. <laughs> and uh, I also wanted to just uh, express a quick uh, welcome before I introduce her formally. Um, all the way from Bismarck, North Dakota, let's welcome uh, Patty Armstrong. Let's give her a round of applause, everybody. Uh, Patty, I know you, you, can you just tell us one or two things about you before I introduce you formally? Sure, I have 10 kids and around a dozen books. And uh, my, my most recent is with Ave Maria Press, Holy Hacks, Everyday Ways to Live Your Faith and get to heaven and I have a whole entire chapter on gossip and we're gonna be talking about that and just being negative and complaining and hopefully it, it's a bad habit and hopefully we can nip it in the bud here today. Yeah, so uh, I'm, uh, I gotta tell you, I, I don't have all of Patty's books but I've got a couple of her books and I just love them. And uh, I don't know about you, but gossip is something that I've struggled with and I've had to like, oh, 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 <laughs> you know? And so it's really, really good to have you here, Patty. Um, I, I did want to remind everybody, I know that a lot of you kind of missed having the chat last week. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're saying hello to us. I want to say a quick hello to Amanda, to Claude. Um, want to say hello to Mary Catherine. And just a quick reminder that the chat really is, the chat is to talk about our topic. And the chat is not to share any personal problems um, or anything like that. And please don't like promote other stuff. Like Patty can promote everything she wants. It's her day, it's her hour. But the chat really has a very specific intention. We wanna know where you're from, but save your personal problems for another time and another day. Uh, so anyway, I don't mean to be rude, but you know, we wanna be very focused on gossip, complaining and grumbling today. Now, before um, I introduce Patty a little bit more formally, I do want to tell uh, you a little bit of something. We have some exciting news. This Saturday, our ministry is going to be opening up applications for people who want to become members of our uh, community of mothers group leaders. So if you're interested in starting a mothers group, I'm your gal. <laughs> Um, the, uh, we do have another diocese that's uh, joining the Archdiocese of Toronto and rolling out the ministry to minister to moms. We also have a mom from Alaska, very interested in joining us, and uh, one from Michigan. 
And so for those of you that have never attended Midday Moms before, a big warm hearted welcome. We are faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto. We're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by helping parishes start parish-based mothers groups. Um, many of our mothers groups are running right now virtually, okay? And uh, we started Midday Moms as a way to support our mothers group leaders who aren't right now hosting their mothers groups because they're not comfortable with the virtual platform. So I'm going to play a very quick, short video uh, about our ministry. Some of you have seen it and God bless you, you're going to see it again. <laughs> and some of you haven't seen it, but uh, I, I want to share it with you. And I'm really, really very, very excited about it. Now, all I have to do is, oh, there's our Catholic Mother's Summit, which is not what I'm wanting to show you. So here is the video. So again, we help parishes start mother's groups. And here's... Mothers. By our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the moms sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. 
And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. Saturday, uh, you will be able to fill out an application uh, if you go to catholicmomsgroup.com to join our community. We're only accepting um, cohorts of 20, 25, because there's only so much we can do at one time. Anyway, a big warm welcome to Patty McGuire Armstrong. She is an award-winning journalist with the National Catholic Register, our Sunday visitor, and um, she blogs at pattymcguirearmstrong.com. In 2019, she received first place for blogging from the National Catholic Press Association for her work at the Register. Patty was the managing editor and co-author of the Ascension Press best-selling Amazing Grace series. Her latest book is Holy Hacks, Everyday Ways to Live Your Faith and Get to Heaven, she was also the managing editor and co-author of the best-selling Amazing Grace series. She has appeared on EWTN, on Catholic TV, on Fox and Friends, and dozens of radio programs across the country. She also has her own secular television show, which she is going to immediately after Midday Moms. So we are so blessed to have her a big, big, warm welcome. Help me welcome Patty Armstrong. She's a personal hero of mine. Um, I love her to pieces. I've been begging her to write a piece for our ministry for years. And maybe eventually she'll have the time to do it. Now I did. I did write an article about your book. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have written. You did, you did. But I'm not done with you yet, girl. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Patty, today we're here to talk about complaining, grumbling, and gossip. Um, what do you mean by gossip? Like, what do you mean by gossip? Like, what is gossip? Like, I know that some of us kind of know. What yeah, yeah. Some of us say, oh, I don't gossip. Because why do we say that? Because we don't want to be known as a gossip, right? That is not a compliment to be called a gossip. So that should be our number one incentive not to gossip is like, we would never want to be called a gossip. So what is gossip? It is basically repeating anything negative about somebody. Now, some people will have a few excuses here. They'll say, well, it's true. It's still gossip because it's the sin of, um, what is it? Detraction. It's the sin of detraction. If you say something negative about another person, even if it's true, if you have no, if they don't need that information and it harms somebody's reputation, 
it's gossip and you committed a sin. You committed a sin of detraction. The other thing is a lot of us good Christian women, we, we love to talk. We love to visit. We're people people, right? Let's face it. it like Dorothy, don't you admit, I, I know you are. I know you love people. I love people. But it's so easy to cross the line mm-hmm. between sharing information just because it's interesting. We, lo- we want to know what everybody's up to. But then we can drift into, and did you know this? And I mean, it's, let's face it, it's interesting. Let's pretend it's not. I mean, let's not pretend that it's not interesting. Like somebody is having an affair or somebody's doing something scandalous and we're just horrified. But for some reason, we want to share that information. And sometimes we share it under the guise of praying for that person. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Got you, right? You've heard that before. Maybe we've, maybe we've done it. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes I've done it when I'm in the middle of thinking, oh, wait a minute, I shouldn't be doing this. Let's pray for this person. So sometimes it's a positive thing when you stop what you're doing when the horse is already out of the barn, you shouldn't have said something, but stop and pray for that person and, and call a spade a spade. You know what? I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. It's too late because now that person knows about it, but at least call it what it is. And then you need to go to confession and confess that. It would be better if you hadn't opened your mouth to begin with and you simply asked for prayers for somebody um, You know, God doesn't need you as his little messenger telling what his other children are doing wrong so you can get prayers for them. You know, that's, you're not doing anybody any favors that way. Yeah, now the the one thing I, you know, one thing I really try to get across, um, even with our mother's group leaders, right, is that it's so important not to have the kind of presence or even as a wife, right? Um, and, a, and a mom, uh, you know, we called it complaining, uh, grumbling and, and gossip. Do, do any of you have that kind of, you know, friend and I'm not naming the friend, but sometimes you know somebody that every time they call you, you're like, oh no, they're calling to complain for an hour, right? And it's like, after you get off the phone, you, you just feel like the lifeblood sucked out of you. And, you know, what's it like for your kids or your, you know, or your husband even to have the kind of wife or the kind of mother? You know, and it's like, oh, somebody turn her off. And so I always ask moms, and I'm going to ask you today, what can you do to make your home a little bit joyful today? Today, what can you do today to make your, you know, your home a little bit joyful? So what's the difference between, um, I know there's, like, okay, so we've established that gossip is a sin. And so gossip is talking negatively about somebody. And then there's detraction and calumnity. What are, what's that? Like, I don't know the difference between all of those. You know, I should have looked that up before I sat down with you. Because I know um, calumny or calumny, I, I think it's... Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce calumny, it. Calumny, 
I always have to look it up. Um, and maybe maybe we should do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, this is not the first time I got caught on that word. So I should never do an interview without looking it up and refreshing um, my my memory. But I, I believe it's um, saying untrue things about somebody and ruining somebody's reputation. But we need I need to look that up and just make sure. But it, it's all in the same category, though, is the point. If okay. you're not wishing somebody's good, you are enjoying the negativity associated with them. So therefore you are spreading negativity. And um, here, I mean, here's something to think about. Sometimes we enjoy the downfall of others. I used to write for the National Catholic Inquirer. And no, I'm, write- not, I'm not the Catholic. I, I, I write for the National Catholic <laughs> <laughs> Inquirer. Yes. Mixing up my names here, just like yeah, yes. uh, we're human, we're human. Yes, yes. Um, I used to write for National Enquirer, which is a gossip page. And as I was growing in my faith, I realized, wait a minute, this is unkind. It's not doing anybody any any favors. It's unchristian. So I pulled back, and I and I ended up finding better writing assignments because even it might be somebody we know that there's some scandal, and we're just being entertained by it. Or it could be movie stars or, you know, people that are famous, a politician, a singer, and we're enjoying their downfall. Why do, and so even if it's somebody we don't know personally, if we're enjoying their bad news and their scandal, guess who else is enjoying it? The devil. Doesn't the devil enjoy that somebody is guilty of scandal? And really he's, He's killing two birds with one stone when he gets us then to fall either to gossip or enjoy it. Instead, why don't we just pray for that person? Um, because if we're enjoying it and entertained by it, we don't want what God wants. We're enjoying the devil getting what he wants. And if you think about it that way, I think everybody watching this would back away and say, I don't want that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to, I want to be on God's side. And so even if somebody is doing something terrible, God wants for their conversion, let's pray for them and not talk about them or in any way enjoy their downfall. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like for the longest time, I didn't even know that gossip was a sin. Right. And then I know that some people kind of get a little bit freaked out by the word sin. Um, But what really helped me one year is that when it kind of clicked in my brain that when I sin, I am creating a a barrier between me and God, right? That's all it is. I'm doing something that's creating a barrier. So why would I want to do anything that's going to create a barrier between God and I? Right. And, and so if we can begin to reframe, because like, oh, you know, the Catholics, all they ever talk about is sin. Well, I find it really helpful being told what sins are, because I don't want to be walking around blocked. Right? <laughs> I want to have as much clarity and access to, to grace. And so, um, you know, knowing that it's a sin and knowing that it leaves a uh, a stain on your soul, um, and it's going to limit grace, you know, that, that we should be running to confession. Now, you say that you have an entire 
chapter in your book on gossip. How, how did you manage to write it? What's the, what's the book, first of all? Show it to us. Um, okay, here it is. Holy Hacks, Everyday Ways to Live Your Faith and Get to Heaven. And um, it has been very enthusiastically received. Even a cloistered nun told me <laughs> that she loved this book because it's, it's um, walking closer to God in your everyday life. It's not turning your life upside down. For instance, I'm looking at a plant that somebody gave me as a birthday present about five years ago. Every time I water that plant, I say a prayer for the person that gave it to me. Um, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I stop myself from getting angry and I pray for that person. Like how many times when somebody just made us mad, especially if we're driving in traffic, do you stop and think, pray for that person? So my life on the outside looks the same, but on the inside, I am growing deeper in my faith. It's turning my life upside down because I'm growing closer to God each step of the way. And when you talk about putting up a barrier, this is about taking down the barriers and taking a big step closer to Jesus each and every day. I, I love what you said, Dorothy, about that barrier. And gossip is one of the ways that you put up a barrier. And think of it this way. We're all familiar that Jesus told us, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, that you do unto me. So if you talk against somebody, you're going to hit Jesus first. And once again, just like we don't want to be enjoying the same things the devil's enjoying, we also don't want to be, you know, flinging stones at Jesus. And when he carried his cross on Calgary and he suffered and died for us and suffered, you know, through his whole passion, it was for all our sins. And so we, we can apologize. And then every time we go to confession, tell them we're sorry for the sins, not just for what they do to us, but for what they did to him because he suffered for our sins. So each and every sin added to that suffering. And when you think about, I, I can't hurt another person without hurting Jesus first. I think we begin, that's how I was able to write a whole chapter on this because I have techniques, I have ways to think. So you don't even want to be a gossip anymore. And I've already just pointed out a few, you know, nobody wants to be called a gossip. So, you know, big instead of number one, Nobody wants to have anything in common with the devil, big and sudden number two, and nobody wants to be contributing to the pain and suffering that Jesus experienced in Calgary. I know we can say, oh, that's in the past, but we're still, we're, we're hurting ourselves. We, and Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of my brethren, that you do unto me. And we're, and we are hurting that person. And, and so, I mean, one of the things is if that person was in the room, would you be saying the same thing? That's how you know if it's gossip. Now, I, I have to ask you a question, um, and this, is, this isn't on the list of questions. <laughs> so I, I know that you used to write for the National Enquirer, right, which is a gossip paper, and you used to write for Women's World. Like, that really got my attention, you know, uh, about you, your person and your writing skills, because obviously your, your skills are remarkable. You know, you're a remarkable writer. You, you really are. And I'm asking each and every one of you, 
get the book because uh, Patty is a gifted writer. She writes with a tremendous amount of clarity and it just like cuts through the chase and I promise you'll enjoy it. But how did you make like this move from the National Enquirer, you know, writing for the National Enquirer, writing for Women's World, and now, you know, you're full on Catholic and now you've got a secular TV show and I'll get back to the gossip, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Can you, can you give us a, a short version of how sure. that? It, it was the Holy Spirit all the way. I was, um, I had uh, at that time, how many children did I have? Three going on four. And we were starting to get more serious about our faith. Um, I learned how to pray the rosary in my thirties. Didn't even know how to pray the rosary before that. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I grew in my faith, I had a degree in social work and the cat is on the table. Oh, there she goes. Scared <laughs> 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 me, I thought. Oh, it's oh. like kids when you're on the phone. They know they can get away with this. Okay. Yes, they're gonna, she's going to make an appearance, right? <laughs> she almost did. So, okay, back to business. Yeah. Um, so as I was writing for the National Enquirer, I was thinking about my degree in social work and I wasn't a good Catholic, but I was always Christian, always, you know, I had a lot, I had a long ways to go. And I was realizing that these stories we're not helping anybody for the inquire. And I actually, it was growing stronger as my prayer life was growing stronger. And I, I, I can see now why, I mean, my, the, I was opening the window to the light of Christ and the more light you let in, the more it exposes the darkness. So I was starting to see things I hadn't seen before and I, we needed the money. Well, by then we did have four kids because the editor called me and he said, do you have any ideas? And I had a great one that I knew they would love, but in the, I was just coming to the understanding, like, you know what? I can't sell my soul. I cannot write for them anymore, regardless of the money. And I said, no, I don't. And I did, I had a great story. It was like temptation just was right there in front of me saying, have you got anything for us? And, and I needed the money. And I said, no, I don't. Cause I thought at that point I made the decision, I'm not going to do this anymore. From there, that same week, Woman's World fell into my lap. They paid the same amount of money. Now, this was, okay, 30 years ago. It's a long time ago. I've been writing <laughs> 30 years ago. And um, I ended up, I was making $750 an article. With wow. For a 1,200-word article with one interview. And so... Woman's world was a step up. Yes. It was a gift I could not have foreseen by turning away from the National Enquirer. You know what Woman's World used to let me do? They used to let me include that somebody was praying for help. Yes. Somebody felt their garden angel. Mm -hmm. So, okay, it's Christianity light, but it's still all of a sudden. God is going to be allowed in these stories. And they're good. Yeah, it's a pretty clean publication. I like Woman's World. It's wholesome. Were, it is wholesome. Good, good stories. Um, and I did that for 10 years. I wrote for a lot of other publications too, but not like Onion World, Food Business. You wouldn't be. You know, I wrote <laughs> Country America. You might be familiar with Country America. Uh-huh. Yes. Same, same publisher of like Better Homes and Gardens. And so I wrote for a lot of publications. And I started, I started writing down my faith and, and getting stronger in it and understanding it better. Um, and that made a lot of changes in my life. And 
I started one day, I said, you know, God, I've realized you've given me writing as a gift. I start, I used to love writing from the time I was in second grade, even though I had a degree in social work and a master's in public administration, but writing was near and dear to my heart. And I said a prayer one day and I said, I want to use this gift for you. From that point on, every single woman's world story only had God in it, but it was a very short time because I started feeling directed to the Catholic world. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of put my toe in the water and it wasn't long before I made a complete about face. And I, cause I used to think it'd be very boring to be a Christian or Catholic writer. And now I think secular writing, there's nothing, I mean, it's fine if it's good, clean writing, but it's nothing compared to the miracles and the graces of Catholic writing. So I started writing Catholic books. I wrote the amazing grace series with uh, uh, Matt Pinto and Jeff Cavins miraculous inspirational stories in everybody's lives I ghost wrote half those stories I wrote their stories for them because there were so many mind-boggling stories that would blow me away and I'd be like oh my gosh I can't believe if God is this close to this person that means he's this close to me so I just became a complete Catholic writer I was invited this past summer to become the talk show host of this news program it's called ladies of another view uh, you can look it up on Back TV, B-E-K TV. It's throughout the all of North Dakota, Western Minnesota, and on the internet. And they're planning on expanding in cable packages across the country. So we'll see. It's only been, our first show was November 30th. And I thought, okay, what's going on here, God? I hear I went, I left the secular world for the Catholic world. And why would I go back into the secular world? Well, I'm realizing why is I can go back into the secular world as a Catholic. I can talk about pro-life issues. I can talk about politics. I can, I've had a priest on the show. We've had a priest on several times. Um, and so I can take this message beyond just preaching to the choir. I'm still writing for Catholic publications, but I can take it beyond that audience now. now so there's your long answer, Dorothy. Uh, there, no, no, I, I really appreciate it because uh, you've inspired me in many ways. I just want to check the chat box here because there's a lot of people. Uh, Anne McGee, she says that she loves this subject. It's truly awful and an assassination of someone's character. Before I came back to my faith, I established a lot of friendships based on gossip. Right. So like sometimes you have friendships based on gossip and, you know, it's like, oh, well, if we're not going to gossip, what are we going to do? And, and it, you know, and I want to just shout out and congratulate you for recognizing it and renouncing it. Um, then uh, Karen says injuring another person's name by lying, the, the blackening of an absent person's good nature by telling a de- deliberate lie. That's so calumny. calumny. Yeah, calumny. I see I was right, but I wasn't <laughs> positive. Thank you. It was that Anne. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that uh, Karen and then Lillian also says making making false and defamatory statements about someone in order to damage their reputation. So just out and out liars. Um, okay. Uh, so Karen also says, learned about gossip from two most important men in my life. Uh, my dad used the Bambi thumper rule. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. My husband early in our marriage, pre-children, when I recounted negative uh, break time gossip shared by coworkers, he said, I hope you don't talk about me like that. 
I was convicted then and made an effort not to say negative things about him in his absence. And it's so true, you know, like um, we have to be really careful as wives because, you know, we, we, we could have the girlfriend that we call to negatively talk about our husbands. Well, like, what the heck is that all about? Can you imagine if your husband did that? Oh, yeah, exactly. And a lot of people fall into that. I'm very surprised sometimes the things that um, are, are shared. And I think you would not want your husband talking about you that way. Um, you would be horrified and, and that stays in people's heads. So yeah, you don't, you, you should not be doing that. It is a sin and it's a sin against your very own spouse. It's not. not yeah, the, the other thing too, that drives me nuts. I don't know if it drives anyone else nuts. And this was back in the schoolyard days when, um, you know, our kids are little dropping them off at elementary school. Like sometimes I would hear moms talking really negatively about their children that were standing right there as if the child wasn't a human and didn't have ears. I'm like, don't slander or talk badly about your child that's like right there in front of you. <laughs> like that, that's like takes the, you know, oh that thing, he's so lazy, bah, 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 bah. and um it's a sin and you're damaging the relationship. Like some moms forget that they're, they're actually causing problems in relationships. Sorry. Well, it's such a bad habit that we've become blinded to it because we go places and I have heard, I have good Catholic friends now. So I would never hear any of my friends saying anything like this, but I know years past, I would hear women saying, Oh, I've got some juicy gossip and just reveling in it. And I have good friends that, you know, like we would never say that even not, I'm not saying everybody is perfect and people haven't slipped into gossip, but we all recognize that it isn't okay and that it is a sin. But when you go out into the world, for heaven's sakes, I talked about writing for the National Enquirer, they make a business off of gossip. Yes. Yeah. Quite a lucrative one, as a matter of fact. And so even our, our favorite stars in the media, why do people still enjoy their downfall? And that is one of the things I, I um, suggest, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of you, but uh, while I'm thinking of it, one of the things I suggest is if you have a problem with it, why don't you write out on a little three by five card and hang it up on your mirror? Whatever you say is a reflection of you. And so why are you enjoying this? Why are you talking about other people? Because not only do you not want to have a reputation as a gossip, but you're revealing something about yourself to everybody. And you might feel hidden by other people also gossiping. But you know, even when I was in high school, I had kind of a sensitivity to that. I'm not saying I was perfect, but I was with a group of girls who would gossip a lot and talk about the person who wasn't in the group. And I didn't feel good about that. I thought, well, wait a minute, these are my friends, but if this is how they treat our friend, I'm sure when I step away from the lunch table or whatever, they're gonna be talking about me too. And I don't want these kind of friends. They were revealing to me what kind of person they were. And I kind of gravitated away from them to other people. I, I really moved towards other people that I thought had better character. And so that's an example. You don't want to be that person that people are repelled by and don't want to be around you because you're re 
you're advertising what kind of person you are. <laughs> that's a that's a, a really, really good way to put it. And I think another um, you know, trap that we sometimes fall into and I've fallen into it. And I, I, one of the reasons I love having good Catholic girlfriends is I want to, you know, describe a, a bit of a scenario. I was having a coffee with a very dear friend and I said, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with so-and-so because of this, this, this. And it was coming like from a, such a, it sounded so earnest, right? I'm struggling with so-and-so. And, you know, she looked at me right in the eye and she's like, so-and-so is an incredible leader and I love her leadership skills. And I was like, whoa, right? And like, so it was like, Dorothy, I see you're going off track here. And I love you so much that by what I say, I'm gonna bring you right back here. And it's like, and it helped me reframe. Um, and it's like, oh, oh, and I caught myself, right? Because I really respect this woman and I realized what she was doing. And um, do you have any tips for people? Like, you know, maybe someone here really has loved to gossip for whatever reason, and they're making a resolution today that they're not gonna gossip because, you know, they, they didn't know it was a sin and now they're, okay, I'm not gonna, I wanna get closer to God, I'm not gonna be a gossip. But then, you know, their friend calls or their sister calls or their brother or whatever, and the old habits kind of come in. Like, do you have any tips? Like, okay, you gave us the tip about the, um, you know, putting the note on the mirror. I really, really like that idea. Um, do you have any other tips you could suggest? I sure do. I have lots and lots of tips. Uh, first of all, go to confession. And I'm going to give you a few positive tips. Not just, okay, we talked a lot about how to stop the gossip habit. And a big part of that is who do you want to be? What do you want people to say about you and think about you? Do you want to be that nice, loving person that everyone says they they have not they never have an unkind word to say about everybody or do you want to be the one that goes she is such a gossip and nobody wants to be your friend because you'll just gossip about them okay i think we're all agreed nobody wants to be that person we all want to be the positive person but we've got another level of gossip here that we haven't even talked about yet um listening to gossip because you might feel like i'm not the one that said anything i didn't say anything i the other person did the gossiping and you can sit there feeling self-righteous. That person's the gossip. But did you sit and just listen to everything they said? Because if you did, you participated in it. And by your very act of listening, you kind of gave them permission. You didn't stop it. Now, here's where some of my other suggestions are going to come in because there's a couple different things. First, you want to stop it before it starts, not just with yourself, but with the people you are with, because you get sucked in. And if they tell you a juicy piece of gossip, the temptation is to sit and listen. And sometimes it starts pouring out before you even knew it was coming. And well, it's too late now, you know, without being rude and interrupting them. Um, but once you have that in your mind, now you're burdened because you have information that you're tempted to repeat or you know it, and now you know it about this person. So they just burdened you. They laid a burden on your shoulders. Not cool. The other thing is you just, they went ahead and gossiped and it's not good for them. So how can we stop it without it being too awkward? Or maybe it is going to be awkward sometimes. 
Well, there's a few things. If you know somebody who is a gossip, even before they start, you could casually mention that you're really working on getting away from gossip, it's, that it's been a problem for you. So, you know, that way you're not going, it's a problem for you. You know, say it's a problem for me and I'm really working on it. And so I'm not going to say anything negative. I don't want to hear anything negative about anybody. You could just, you could just say that casually and move on to something else. Or say you're with somebody in a group and they're about to, they kind of start leading up to something, you know, they're going to be gossiping or saying something negative about somebody. Why don't you immediately say, oh, I just, I really love her. She is so sweet. And like, if you compliment that person, the one who's starting to say bad things about them is, it's gonna, it's a little bit of a, of a signal to them, but it's also would be then awkward to them to continue on because you just expressed that you love that person or you think highly of them or they're always so kind. Like say something nice about that person or say something nice about them. Like, like say you're at a, a gathering and it was a potluck and like, did you make this, this tuna casserole? I love this. You always are such a good cook and then move on to something else. So then it's a little less awkward. You just made them feel good. You stopped the gossip. You might've stopped it in its tracks. You might've stopped it before it even started, but start doing things. And, and for those people, that you wanna pray for <laughs> who have these problems. Um, don't, do not kid yourself and think that God needs you to share their sins with people. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's, that's so true, right? Like, cause we tell ourselves that, oh, it, that's a, that's, I, I'd never thought of that, but that's so true, right? Oh, I'm praying yeah. for this person, you know, da, 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 da. That is, that's baloney. You can put their name in prayer baskets. You can ask people to pray for a special intention. You have all different ways to pray for them. Just sit and pray for them yourself. Go to the Blessed Sacrament and ask God to resist the temptation of repeating this information and pray for that person. Pray for the person that gossips. You yeah. know, um, they need it too. They're, they're revealing some kind of insecurity. And I think we all we've all gossiped in some way. So there was obviously some little insecurities in ourselves. And I'll, and I'll point out an, uh, an insecurity that I think we all suffer from. Nobody has a perfect life. We all have our little struggles. And somehow if somebody else has that same struggle or worse, let's say worse. If somebody else is worse than us, somehow on some level, it makes us feel a little better, better about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So. And so in that way, we're enjoying that something bad happened to them. If you find yourself slipping into that, you're feeling sorry for yourself and you're enjoying that they're being hurt. So pray for that person, even if it's somebody who hasn't maybe been kind to you. Maybe you're happy because they haven't been nice to you. And maybe it seems like they had all these good things and now they don't. And now something bad's happening to them. So you're glad. Stop yourself right there and ask God to help you to forgive that person, but pray for that person, even if you don't feel like it. And you can even tell God, you know, I it's not, you might say, well, I can't because it would be insincere. No, your desire to want to pray for that person is sincere. And so let God help fix up that insincere prayer of yours and give it to him 
and ask him to help you to be more sincere and help you to mean it. But regardless of your weak prayer or your insincerity, help that person so that you're not reveling in their downfall. So we, we've got a couple of questions here, which I, I want to know what the answers to them are. Um, and maybe you can help us. We, um, so Fatima says, we often hear about learning from other people's mistakes. Is there a way to share and learn from other people's mistakes so it wouldn't be considered gossip? So that's one question. Another question is um, that some people need to talk about their problems to find a, a solution. And then um, another person says, yes, that, that's a question. I find it hard to answer. Talking about difficult things that are weighing on you, is it all called gossip? How do we discern if it's gossip or not? And then I guess sometimes too, you know, we could say, you know, like, are we relishing in someone's downfall? And okay, well, I'm just telling my husband, well, that's okay. Well, I, it, I guess it's got something to do with the state of your heart or how do you respond? Well, we also need to be careful. And I love these questions because sometimes the burden is on us. Sometimes we're not just gossiping about somebody else, but maybe somebody is causing us pain, difficulty. Maybe there's someone at work that's driving us crazy. And so we need an outside, some outside advice. Um, we wanna unburden ourselves. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe it's our mother-in-law, maybe we have a neighbor. I would say, be careful. You don't have license, just because you have a burden on your shoulders doesn't give you license to badmouth other people. Number one, go to somebody who is, you can trust, maybe in confession, maybe to a priest, maybe to a spiritual director, maybe to a kind and understanding friend who doesn't necessarily have to know the person involved, um, but be very careful who you unburden yourself with. And that includes, a lot of times people are complaining about their husbands and they've got some very difficult situations and they have a bad marriage. Well, maybe they need to go to a marriage counselor and not just tell all their friends about how bad their husband is. And so a year later, when their marriage is back together, their friends don't all remember all the bad stories. You know, that just because you have a burden on you doesn't mean I got to get rid of this burden somehow. So I'm going to go and I'm going to tell everybody. And um, so you need to find um, a holy way to get rid of that burden, not a sinful way to do it. Um, and as far as learning from people's mistakes, let's, let's get real here. Are there any shortage of mistakes out there that we can learn from? There are plenty. We don't need to share somebody's current mistakes, current sin, current downfall in order to learn our lessons. I just can't think of a, any single reason that we would need to gossip in order to learn our lessons because we could, you know, that's what books are for, Rita. <laughs> uh, um, now, uh, the, why, like, you know, our, our ministry oversees, you know, about 35 different mothers groups. And when you got women and you've got mothers, you know, there could be gossip and it's, it's horrible. And um, every couple of years we do a, um, 
a questionnaire and it gets sent out to everybody in the ministry. Um, like, what do you think about the programming? What do you think about the leader? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? Looking to get feedback. And, um, you know, one year there was a, a, an issue that came up that said, you know, there, there's a problem with gossip. And I'm like, oh, but up, but up, Now, why is it particularly kind of, um, let's say bad uh, for maybe a, a person in a leadership position, whether it's a mother's group leader or a pastor or, you know, like, why is it, why is there more like, why is it a graver sin, let's say, when a, when a leader um, gossips? And even like you as a mom to be, because you're a leader and you're gossiping in front of your children and, you know, and, and they witness it and, and so on and so forth. So what, what message do you have for those people that are maybe, you know, in leadership positions, you might be a teacher, you might be a school principal, you might be, um, why is it graver when they're sinning? Because they are a leader. Because they are providing an example. So mm -hmm. somebody in authority that you look up to and i know i know that in, from a personal experience if they're talking against somebody or like confiding with you or sharing something all of a sudden it it like gives it an air of respectability or an air of permission they are a leader and so they are sending the message to people that they should be leading in a good way in a positive way towards God, where are they leading them? They're lead, you know, you're, you're either stepping every day, you're going to walk with Christ. Either you're going to walk with Christ and you're going to take a step closer to heaven, or you're going to be stepping away from Christ in the other direction. So a leader who's doing this, like if you're not a leader, it's not as powerful as the person in leadership who everybody is looking up to and what are they doing? Because they're giving the seal of approval to many people because a lot of people um, maybe aren't, are weak and maybe they aren't as strong as they should be. Most of us aren't as strong as we should be. So we're gonna be influenced by the people around us. And remember that it's better that you have a millstone around your neck than to lead the least of these little ones you know, into sin or, or astray. And so that is gonna to apply to us and we're all children of God. But mm -hmm. if we have a leader who, um, you know, you've been to funerals and um, where people have, you know, at wakes where they're singing the praises and somebody who is just a beautiful, positive person who is always so kind and that just flows out. And you think, I want to be that person or they don't always have to be dead for us to be admiring what a good and kind person of character they are that they don't talk against other people. And those are the ones that you know you can trust. And those are the ones that you want to be like. So if you're in a position of leadership, you need to do a double examination of conscience and guard against um, not just your own heart and soul, but any kind of um, suggestion that you could be saying this is okay. 
you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess too, you know, it 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 really drives home this, you know, for <laughs> for all of us to remember and turn to our blessed mother that, you know, she, she pondered all of these things in her heart. <laughs> and sometimes the heart hurts so much because you're holding, you're pondering so much, you know? Um, so, so someone was asking if you could hold up your book again, because well, they've signed on late. Can you hold up your book? Um, it's Holy Hacks, um, Everyday Ways to Live Your Faith to get to heaven. Okay, so Martine, I hope you saw that. I hope that, uh, you know. And I pray, I pray every day for everybody who has my books. And I'm not the only author that does that. And I'm sure you do, Dorothy, because you realize if the Holy Spirit is inspiring us to write, that we need to continue that inspiration and to pray for all the people that have our books. I used to pray for the people that read my books. And I thought, you know, somebody could have given this to their adult child to say, hey, read this. And then they never do. So I pray for everybody who has my book. So if you're sitting <laughs> out there, even if you never crack it open, I am praying for you every day. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so beautiful. And just a, a reminder for everyone here, um, our ministry has a mass uh, said every single Monday for the intentions of all of the mothers in our network and uh, dynamic women of faith we have two masses a month said so please know we are praying for you and if you'd like to help and support our ministry because you know the expenses are real uh, please do um you know make a donation through paypal now i know patty that you've got to take off to go to your television show any minute um do you have any closing thoughts, you know, um, you know, here, once we've gossiped, we can't take back what we've said, but how can we work maybe to repair the damage? Um, what could we do? If, so we've talked about what we could do if someone's trying to gossip with us. Do you have any closing thoughts just before you leave? I do. I do pray for God to guard our hearts and our tongues. You know, there's a lot of scripture. If you do a, a search, if you do an internet search on um, the ways you can sin using your tongue, there's many ways and gossip is one of those. And think about all the people that you have hurt in the past. Maybe you can have a mass said for them, or at least, you know, write, write an intention, put it in prayer basket, say a rosary for them, you know, pray for these people that you have hurt. You can't take it back, but try to undo the damage. You can even say, and you, it's going to take some courage. You can even say, Lord, let me be hurt instead of them, whatever damage I've done. And so think about that, you know, before you open your mouth to hurt somebody, think about you are the one that's going to have to suffer for that sin. You will. But um, if you, if you vocalize it and say, let me suffer for all the harm I've done to others through my gossip, you are going to keep your mouth shut and you're you know, try to try to make up for it. And that includes if you have gossiped with somebody and I've done this before where I've like said too much and I've said, you know what? I've, I've called that person back and said, I, you know what? I shouldn't have background noise here. Um, I shouldn't have said that. Um, that was gossip. And, and I realized that I can't undo it, but I can express that what I did was wrong and hopefully they will it will go no further and I will pray for that person. I've even said, you know, I should, because sometimes I have talked about people that I don't personally know. And then it seems like you get a freebie, right? 
They're not in your circle of friends or just somebody you know. Like, is that okay to say bad things about those people? Because we feel like that's not, that doesn't count. But I'm saying it does count. Yes. So you don't buy the tabloids that revel in the bad news. Um, and I, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It's not like everything isn't public information and we're going to bury our heads and not know anything. And like if a politician is involved in a scandal, well, we kind of want to know that. Like before we vote, we kind of want to know what type of person they are. But be very careful. Take a step away. Don't revel in it. Don't repeat it. Um, and don't give yourself a free pass. There's always people... And some of the questions came out here. There's always times where you think you got a free pass card. Um, you know, that, what, what is it in Monopoly? You can go, you get a get out of jail free card. That's it. <laughs> and, and there isn't one for gossip. You know, there's alternatives. Yeah. We, you know, there's alternatives to listening to gossip and, and stop people before, if, if somebody starts to say, um, don't tell anybody this, but stop them and say, oh, don't tell me I have the worst memory. I can't keep a secret. I'm the last person you want to tell. Like, stop it. Don't even listen to it. Now, now one, I want to throw out one thing because it just popped into my head. One thing that just, oh, gets me like furious, especially now during, you know, COVID is, you know, there are so many faithful Catholics bad-mouthing their pastors for the way that they're handling, um, you know, this, this pandemic. Like, yeah. are you yeah. I, I know you we're almost at the end here, Dorothy. It, I Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that you, you um, asked that question before we finish. There are saints and visionaries who said, don't ever speak against a priest because you're, you are um, throwing stones at Christ himself. And you're sitting in judgment of a priest who is the, in the person of Christ, mm -hmm. persona Christi. And I had this experience where there was a pastor. He eventually was laicized, not my personal pastor, but I, you know, a lot of times we go to different churches and we knew people that went to that church and we'd always hear about this guy and all the stuff he did. And I thought, I wonder if the bishop even knows about it because everybody complains and grumbles, but it's wrong. Either go to the bishop with that information or go to that priest. I actually wrote that priest a letter of, of ways he was being disrespectful to the Eucharist. And I, and I did not hear back from him. But 14, And he was eventually laicized. But 14 years later, I was at a gathering and somebody who was Catholic was saying that, you know, their siblings, like nobody else was Catholic. I said, how is it that you're Catholic and nobody else in your family is? And he looked at his wife and he smiled. And he said... Should I tell her? Well, this priest used to let everybody come up to communion. You know, he didn't care whether they were Catholic or not. And you, you don't have the right to do that. St. Paul says, if you eat or drink the body and blood of Christ without discernment, you eat and drink condemnation upon yourself. You, you have to be in union. You have to be Catholic. You have to be in communion with us. We're not being snobs. It's out of protection. It's out of respect for our Lord and, and for the teachings that um, we received. So, he was handing out the Eucharist to everybody. And this one particular man, his name was Mike. Um, he used to be a Eucharistic minister. And this priest said, oh, I need to talk to you after mass today. And he showed him my letter. I didn't know this till 14 years later. He showed him my letter 
And basically I was saying, you know, the Eucharist isn't yours to just hand out that way that, you know, outside of what the church teaches and the rules. And he said, we have to be more careful from now on. And he decided, so the, the non-Catholic who had been distributing communion thought, you know, I might as well become Catholic. And it was because of my letter, but I did not know that. But I, but what, the reason I wrote it is I thought I could sit around and complain with everybody else, or I could write him a letter. It takes more guts to confront that person that you're talking about, because we, it isn't out of love for that person that you don't tell them. It's out of love for yourself because you don't want anyone to be mad at you. You don't want to stick your neck out. But if you really love that person, you're going to pray for them. And in Christian kindness and love, you are going to address the situation that you think is so wrong. And so I had the blessing of seeing some fruits that came from that. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. Um, so I, I know that you got to go. So I'm, I, I want to respect the fact that you have to leave. Um, I want to thank you so much for, for joining us. We've got here, look at this. We've got a Liz Garcia, which I've known since kindergarten. What a fantastic talk. You must bring Patty back. Love, 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 love. Her. Oh, thank you. Hey, I'm going to pray a rosary for everybody who watched, including you, of course, Dorothy. But <laughs> I will pray a rosary for all of you today because I just feel we're sisters in Christ. And I love hearing back from, from ladies and and yeah, so uh, I, I'm going to encourage each and every one of you here to, uh, you know, pick up Patty's book and, and pray that Patty finds some time to write a piece for me. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Dorothy, I will. I'm just, I, you know, I'm having fun with you. No, I'm I sure. love you, Dorothy, and I want to help you. I love what you're doing. God bless you for, you yeah. know, bringing And, and I, I love you too. And I, I just, I really, really appreciate it. I know that you're busy. You got to run, but thank you for joining us. Um, and thank you everybody for uh, you know being here and uh, please pray I have an interview coming up with EWTN so I need your prayers and uh, I'm going to pray a rosary for you Patty back at you today oh, thank you. Oh, yeah <laughs> COVID rosaries I love COVID rosaries okay so uh, bye everybody I want to say goodbye Bye, Patty. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Please email us. We love hearing from you, but no gossip. Okay. 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 Talk to you later. Bye-bye.